And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. You're gonna be the best, and you gotta pay no price. If you want it bad enough, you gotta do the little extra things to get it. Well, well. Hi, Jordan. What's up, Rich? <laughs> How we doing? <laughs> uh, it's a, a windy day from Thousand Oaks. The Rams are practicing for the Super Bowl. I bet they will. Uh, I bet they'll take it, right? Yeah, yeah, they think they like being in Thousand Oaks. We're going to try to figure out how to get rid of this echo, I think. All right. How's that sound? Good? Sounds good. Ho ho. Testing, testing. One, two, 99, 99. How's everybody doing? <laughs> you can't, we can't hear you yet, but we will soon. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, This is very cool, Jordan. I know you've done this before. This is my first time with our live room, uh, getting a chance to uh, interact with with people. We love doing the podcast, of course. We love 11 personnel, and thank you, everybody, for uh, for listening to that. But that's also a passive experience. We don't we don't get your your feedback, or we don't get to talk to you. Um, So this is an awesome opportunity for uh, for us to take questions. Uh, you can do them via audio. It's great. You can jump on and, and talk or we can use the chat functions and uh, we'll, we'll monitor that and uh, make sure we, we answer any questions uh, in there. But uh, Jordan, how's the, it's It's Friday. As, as odd as it seems, we're still a week away from the Super Bowl, still nine days away from the Super Bowl. But uh, ha- how's it how's it feeling out there at practice and what's the uh, what's the excitement level been like? It's good. Yeah, I just got back from uh, Thousand Oaks, and it is very windy there, in case anyone was interested in that tidbit of information, as it has been on many occasions this year and last year and the year before that. Um, But beautiful day out there. And, you know, what I've kind of been saying this, Rich, for uh, a little while now, for a couple weeks now, actually, um, is that it. This, this group, they're not wasting energy, they're not wasting movements, but everybody's very, you could feel everybody very connected. You could feel that there's an urgency, you can feel that there's a level of conscientiousness. Uh, I'm not going to say the phrase urgent enjoyment, Yes. Uh, but you could definitely feel that. And I think, Rich, what might help the echo is if you turn down your volume just a little bit on your headset yeah. or whatever you're using. Um, right, right. But <laughs> Doesn't seem to be working. This is just like the podcast. But yeah, you know, it's it's everybody seems. You always hear the coaching cliche, especially when you talk about defenses of guys being on a rope or playing on a rope, right? Everybody's so connected, sort of swaying, uh, ebbing and flowing with each other, and and that's kind of how it feels. I think that's a great thing to to see that if you're a a Rams coach, if you're a Rams player, if you're a Rams fan, um, to see and and hear. Um, just about sort of that, that level of connection. Um, you know, we're going to get, we're going to have a lot to get to obviously. And looks like we got a, a bunch of people here in the, in the room so far. Um, nice to see all you guys. If you're, if you just recently joined, 
So this is my second time doing this. If we mess anything up, I'm so sorry. This is Rich's <laughs> first time doing this. Um, and we basically are, for our subscribers, you have the opportunity to ask questions. Um, so we are going to, basically what you can do is you can, I think on your end, if you have the app, you can basically request to come on stage and we can let you on stage and then we will actually get to hear your voice, which is amazing because we never get to hear your voices. And so really, really excited about that. So um, we, I think Rich, if you're ready to go, I think we can open up, up for questions. Yeah. Let's okay. All right. So I'm going to go. All right. So here's our first. Let's see if this works. Can you hear us? Uh, forgive me if I mispronounce, but uh, Farbode T. Looks like you're on stage. Caller, oh, you're on the air. Uh, I, I'd heard that there might be a mute issue, so if, if anybody has a red mute button. Sorry, yeah, it muted me automatically. Right yeah, <laughs> yeah, Jordan, I'm very impressed you pronounced my name correctly for your, in your first attempt. That is a rare thing, so congratulations on that. <laughs> but um, first off, I'd just like to say how much of a fan I am of your deep dives, especially, Jordan. You do amazing work, so thank you for that. I, I love that you keep doing that and all the work you do. So, again, thank you for that. Um, my question though, you know, and I'm sure I'm not the only one with this, but you know, we picked up OBJ, we picked up Von Miller, our wide receiver room, especially is stacked. You could argue it's overly stacked with Robert, a healthy Robert Woods, Cup, Jefferson, now OBJ. And then we pick up Von Miller. So my question is, what do you get the sense of as far as retaining people you know, like OBJ and Von Miller. Do you think that our wide receiver room, we're not going to be able to afford it, for example, or, or, or Von Miller even on top of that? Do you see us letting someone go due to cap reasons? That's a great question. Um, thank you for the kind words. We, uh, we sure love doing this. And so I'm just like, I'm going to be really corny a couple of times, guys, because it's so great to hear your voices. So thank you so much <laughs> for being here. Um, but so I don't, I think the, the Rams and the cap, situation, especially uh, with reinflation coming next year. Um, I think that's a, a lot less of a worry than, for example, it was this year. And then also they've got a lot of dead money coming off their books as well. Um, okay. Those infamous contracts that we all love to talk about so much. <laughs> and, you know, I think so. First of all, I do know that they have heavy interest in retaining Vaughn and retaining Odell. Um, I don't think that that means there's no space for uh, Robert Woods. I don't think that that means there's no space for Van Jefferson. I think that you've kind of seen the way they've, they've um, developed a little bit more of those spread concepts and those dropback concepts into their offense and, and really tried to utilize the width of the field. That was still the, going to be the plan, bringing in Odell. Um, even at the time, you know, as we know, they didn't know that uh, Robert Woods was going to unfortunately suffer that ACL tear the day after they brought Odell in. Um, so they, they were still planning on doing a lot of those concepts and, and utilizing a lot of those sets with those receivers. Um, in terms of, uh, of finance, you know, there's not a lot that they're going to need to navigate that they did this year in terms of being backed up against a diminished cap because of the, the COVID-19 pandemic. So you're going to see some reinflation. You're going to see some money come off the books. They're also probably not going to be paying some of the contracts uh, that they're currently paying in terms of maybe guys, uh, you know, Andrew Whitworth has hinted toward retirement uh, a right, couple right. of times, still not quite sure what his plan is, obviously respecting his moments on that. Um, but you're not going to be paying uh, some of those contracts. And then there's a lot of flexibility 
in the new contracts that they've created, these are Roberts, Coopers, and Jalen's, there's a ton of flexibility structured within those contracts that they had to get creative with, um, and that's Tony Pastor's doing that, um, in order to make those as, as movable as possible, as flexible as possible, knowing that they would be changing their team around quite a bit in the next couple of years. And then if you extend Matthew, um, which I would imagine they would do. Um, <laughs> yeah, right? After this year, I'm, I'm rambling again. This is just like the podcast. Um, like, I would imagine that that they make that one very movable, manageable, similar to those new deals that they've done. But great question. I do think they want to keep those guys bad. Great. I think they I think those guys want to stay here as well. Seems to be. But, you know, money talks. And if they get offered a bunch more money elsewhere, I hope they consider taking a little bit less at least <laughs> to stay with us and win more rings. Let's go. Yeah. And, you know, actually, that's that's a cool thing about Odell, too, is he did take less money to to be here uh for that opportunity so that that i thought was a, a really cool detail but um great question farbode thank you so much for being a subscriber um, thank you Jordan. love love the question um rich you want to take the next one sure let's do it let's see who uh i feel like I'm, I'm playing the lottery here let's go let's just go down the list bill bill s are you there, there, there. uh yeah can you hear me can uh, I'm just wondering, uh, how does this game rank, uh, or the NFC Championship game victory, how does that rank in the history of Los Angeles Rams' uh, great games? Uh, any sense from you guys? Wow, that's, you know, so many of these playoff games. I mean, after the Tampa game, Bay game, I put that one in there, too, in terms of the, the top games that I had seen just since they came back since 2016. I mean, the three that I think of, uh, even before the NFC Championship game, I, I think a lot of people would would agree uh, there was the game against Kansas City at the Coliseum. Uh, yep, there yep. was that year's NFC Championship game against the Saints. Everybody remembers the the uh, infamous yep, ending yep. there. And then there was the Tampa Bay game. And then to put this one next to that, oh my goodness, I I don't know. I, I you know I think you have to weigh a little bit the. Uh, the stage, uh, sure. you know, the, the, the Tampa game was just so up and down and just, uh, you know, heart-wrenching to watch if you were a Rams fan. Um, this one, a little bit of a different feel. I mean, the intensity was there throughout. It was so close. Uh, it, it wasn't like that Tampa game where it was like, you know, got out way ahead and then, and then they came back. Um, so those are the ones that I think of going back. I mean, gosh, I mean, I, I guess it depends on how far you want to go back. But I, I remember that, you know, 1989 uh, divisional game. I think it was against the Giants, uh, the one Giants, that sent them yeah. to, to the NFC championship game. But that's, you know, the, there's a <laughs> Bill. I, I don't know yeah, how yeah. many of how many uh, yeah, people are old I enough to like us to remember yeah, I that. But, I yeah. can basically throw out like three games. I think that could rival it. One was the. Uh, 51 championship they won against the Browns. That was eight years before I was born. But uh, uh, 67, they had a regular season game with the Green Bay Packers that was just, uh, for a long time, was considered one of the great games. And then in 1976, they had a divisional game against Dallas where they beat them. And the uh, punter ran out of the end zone as time ran out. And they took the safety but still came ahead, came out with a win. So Special team. <laughs> yes, yes. But you know what? To, to the point we, we talk about, and, and you hear a lot about 
you know, building the brand in Los Angeles and how are you going to make the Rams more popular and how are you going to prevent, you know, opposing fans from filling stadium? You need more moments like that. I mean, those are the moments, those are the games that now people are going to look at. We're talking about them. You know, uh, parents are going to share that with their kids. They're going to grow up remembering that. Those are the big moments that that are going to uh, bring the Rams up into that that spotlight. And and I think they're there. They obviously have made the Super Bowl. Um, I was doing a radio show the other day and said, you know, it's it's about sustaining that. The the one thing that the, that the Lakers have always been so great at is when they win, they sustain it. Not forever. Uh, because nobody can sustain it forever, but they give you that period of sustained success where where you're invested in them and you know you're going to watch a winning team. Um, so that's that's the challenge here. The Rams have done a very good job of that so far. Two Super Bowls in four years. You can't argue with that. Uh, but to be able to, to maintain that and to be able to provide those moments, those big games, uh, that that's really what's going to make the difference here. So, you know, they're on the right track. They just have to keep going. Yeah. I will say, okay. too. Oh, sorry, Bill. I didn't mean to cut you off there. Oh, go, go ahead. I thought you were done. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, you know, obviously I, I moved back here uh, after uh, a long, long, long time away. Um, and I kind of figured that one of the hints that you can kind of tell that a brand is slowly starting to creep into the zeitgeist a little bit better um, is I was out walking shortly after I, uh, I moved back was out walking and uh, kind of by the water and I went over to one of those one of the piers and you know all the guys are fishing there and they have their buckets for either bait or that's you know they're keeping the whatever they catch in there and I saw a a guy with a bucket with a Rams logo a new logo on it and I was like oh things are changing just a little bit so um, I thought that was a, a, a okay well hey I appreciate the work both you guys do and I'm gonna Go into a Target right now and buy some Rams swag. Nice. And also at Target, you will co- probably come go in there and come out with 6,000 things you don't need but you love anyway. Thank you so much, Bill. Really appreciate okay. it. Okay. Yeah, you're welcome. Bye-bye. Impulse buy. That's, that's, that's me. I can't even go into a Target anymore because I'll just, I'll just get everything. All right. I'm going to let the next guy up. So it looks like David E., you are up next. Yes, I hear you. Can you we hear can me? can hear you. Go ahead. Perfect. Thank you. Um, as others have said, I really appreciate all the great work that both you and Rich do. Um, it's just awesome. Um, so my question is about uh, what you think might be a, the workload split between running backs for the Super Bowl. And assuming Akers is, is healthy, um, did you ever get any sense from Shamanic Bay or any of the other coaches that the fumbles – from the divisional game might affect if they were to call upon acres to close out a game if the rams are up late um would they have concerns about that they might want to use michelle or henderson great question um so first and foremost i know cam acres is is showing up on the injury report i will also say the the injury reports this week other than pronounced injuries such as tyler higby's like they don't really mean a lot um but I did see there was, I think, widespread panic over today's injury report on uh, on Twitter because I think a couple of uh, sites were thinking that the rulings were this week uh, for the Super Bowl, which they are not. But so I'm not worried about Cam Akers' status for next week. I think he's going to be a, a full go or as full as anybody can be this time of year. And I also don't think the fumbles really ruled into much. I think they kind of 
chalk that up to a, a bit of rust, um, just, you know, not being in it for so long, not taking those kinds of hits for so long as he was recovering from that Achilles injury. And Sean McVay was really emphatic in his, uh, I don't want to say defense, but his support of Cam. And so I, I you know, some, some things Sean says you take with a grain of salt, uh, something like that. You definitely believe him when he says something like that. Now, to your point, in terms of a carry share, part of it is they're still measuring Cam Akers' workload and how it relates to um, how his body is doing. Uh, so they're measuring pretty much every stage of output, every movement that he does. So that will more so dictate the workload. Um, but it seems so far that he's had a pretty full carry share. Um I think if you do get to a point where you are running the ball effectively and you are going to close out the game, I think it's a, a rather punishing way to do it, to do it with Sony Michelle. Not to take anything away from Cam, but Sony Michelle just has that like punch you in the face style running, right? Where right, right, it's yeah. just gonna it's just gonna slowly crush you. <laughs> and I and I think that's something if they really are going to, tr- I would expect them to have some success, uh, quite a bit of success running the ball this game, especially if the Bengals want to try to test them with those lighter fronts because they want to drop more guys in coverage like we saw them do against the Chiefs. Um, I'd expect them to have a lot of success running the ball in a variety of different ways and, and utilizing Cam in the past game as well. But I think if you really are going to suffocate somebody at the end of the game, um, that's that's kind of when you bring in Sony Michelle. Great question, David. All right. Thank you. All right. Do we want to keep rolling with the? Uh, I, I see this ch- the chat questions too. We'll get to the love seeing the the, the check ins from where you are. Oh my goodness, we've got. Europe. Oh, how can I see that? Oh, I want to try uh, to see. Uh, yeah, the chat. Yeah, Scotland, Finland. You guys are all over the place. You guys are staying up late. Oh, this is to, awesome. To listen to us. Hi guys. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I was yeah. gonna be corny at a lot of moments during this. We're all so all crazy. over the country. Yeah. Oh, North Hollywood's exciting. What are you talking about, Derek? That's the, the center of the universe. Look at this. All all over the place. All over the, the world. Amsterdam, <laughs> bro. Have Amsterdam. Fun. All right. <laughs> keep it keep them coming. I'm I'm gonna go to the next uh looks like Tom C. Tom, if you can hear us, uh go ahead. Yeah, hey guys. Thanks yeah. for having me. Um actually had a question for Jordan. Um so Jordan, uh first of all, I just wanna I think I speak for uh, many, many Rams fans and athletic subscribers when I say that how much of an influence you've had on, uh, you know, Rams fans in general with your dig deep journalism. And um, I think you may remember I had made a comment that got a lot of comments in the athletic about uh, your Hawk story. uh, That was that that got me and my son to go to i took you know it it inspired my son and me to go to the uh rams game in week three against the uh buccaneers and now with brady's you know retirement that memory that we had on the 16th birthday is you know forever in stone right so um it's just you know I know it's football, it's sports, it's entertainment, but, you know, you're making an impact on people's lives. And, um, you know, just want to throw that out there. Um, so a little tidbit. But uh, one other thing on that note is that my best friend who happened to went to a college that some people know called Arizona State, um, he, his daughter just got a job at ESPN, great sports journalist, young woman. And I wanted to get your take on 
women in you know this men's traditionally men's world of sports journalism and obviously we had the the jeff garcia incident with nina kimes and and that whole you know disaster and um i just want to get your take on you know your experience as a woman who knows you know who's an obvious you know in my opinion the best journalist in football um a little bit biased on there but uh you know just coming out as a an expert in football you know versus this old school thought that you shouldn't have and you shouldn't have a thought on a man's sport if you've never played it or if you're a woman yeah first of all tom thank you so much for the the really kind words uh i will uh i feel like i could probably talk for hours, but that would probably also require um, a therapist uh, to, to answer your question. But uh, yeah, I can't hear you guys laughing because you're all on mute. So now I feel like I've made a terrible joke. But um, so, you know, I, I'll probably keep that brief because I know we got a lot of Rams questions, but I do appreciate you asking the question. I appreciate your kind words. Um, and also, if your friend's daughter wants to reach out, uh, I'm always trying to mentor um, everybody who is a young person who wants to get into sports, but I, I do hear from a lot of young women um, wondering what it's like and, and sort of how to navigate that, this space, because it, it, is, it, is, uh, it is a challenge to navigate. Um, I will say, though, I, I, uh, I joined this community to, a couple of years ago, and I was actually really nervous because I knew I had this passion and obsessiveness with this sport that I love so much that I study so hard uh, to the point of uh, probably singular unhealthiness <laughs> and something that I just cherish so deeply is, is this, this sport and this game that we, we all love, but just moves us all in, in such individual and unique ways. And um, I was really nervous because you never know how that's going to be taken. Um, you never know if people are going to be angry that you're uh, different from them and, and you're in their space. Uh, but um, you guys, this community of subscribers, um, I, I moved every single day with how much you have embraced me because I think you can see that I genuinely just want to share everything I learn, everything I know, um, and I'm continuing to learn and continuing to try to know. And, uh, again, I hate to copy Sean McVay's saying here, uh, cause I feel like it's burned into my brain at this point, but like with us with that sense of, of urgent enjoyment um you know what i mean it's just so um it's been so impactful on my life and on my career and so i would say one of the things that matters is is finding people and and finding communities who appreciate the work who appreciate um that type of of effort and see that effort um and, and i just really love what i do and i say you know there are too many hard days and and to to probably recount um, and, and been heartbroken many times in, in this, you know, loving a sport so much when it sometimes it really doesn't love you back. Um, but I'll tell you what, uh, I, I could not be more inspired by being able to be your beat writer for this group. Uh, you guys have lifted me up in so many ways. And this team also, by the way, um, has been absolutely outstanding in terms of uh, the, the respect that that is there and the willingness to share those tidbits and those details um, that so fire me up that I can't wait to bring to you guys in these stories. And, I, and I've learned a lot uh, from just the basic sense of, of being let in the room. 
and that just goes such a long way being led in the room like that uh, as an as an equal. So uh, try not. I'm not going to uh, answer too much longer on that, but I appreciate the question. And uh, Tom, I appreciate your kind words, and I definitely remember your comments on the on the Hawk article. And I'm I'm happy to hear that you had that experience with your son. Thank you very much, and you're, you're again an inspiration. And uh, with so much that's going on in the, in the NFL today, in this story that um, you know we don't want to get into probably in this in this talk, but with this this whole uh, diversity and coaching issue, um, diversity in sports journalism is equally as important. Diversity in every aspect is so important. And um, and with people like you and, and Lindsay and Mina and, and so many other women uh, who are bringing it in uh, in sports journalism, it's um, so so. Thank you so much. You represent not only women in sports journalism, but but diversity everywhere. Thanks so much, Tom. We appreciate you. Um, all right, I'm going to bring Aaron R on stage. Aaron R, get ready to go. Yeah. Hi. Uh, hi. You know yeah. I mean, uh, since everyone's like kind of checking in from different places, uh, London, England. Wait, what time is it there? Uh, it's about half half eleven p.m. Ah, oh, nice. thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you. This is cool. Yeah, yeah. So, I've, 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 again, just echoing what everyone else has said. Uh, thanks a lot for the the pod. Uh, your writing, uh, amazing. Uh, top two, not two. Uh, and yeah, my my question is kind of a little bit uh, of a coverage question. Um, so, if the Rams end up playing a lot of uh, single high safety looks, uh, they will obviously be under threat from kind of the deep ball from the Bengals wide receivers. But uh, if they end up playing a lot of two high safeties, they could also be kind of under threat from the short pass and run game, which uh, when the Rams tackling is a little bit weaker at times, uh, could become a problem if you let Joe Mixon and Joe Chase get a lot of short catches and you give them the opportunity to run. So uh, to balance that uh, next time. Great question. Love the question because I get to talk about one of my favorite things, the shell over the back of the defense. Rich, I know you were chiming in to say a great discussion. I, I had my hand on the view. <laughs> Not the moment. Um, but but that, uh, that sort of Fangio Staley shell that they've implemented. Um, I think this is going to be uh, – a, a, let me rephrase this. What I think this should be <laughs> – is a uh, rush for do a lot of cool shit on the back half uh, with your with your coverage. And I think that will mean um, that it's a, a big opportunity for Ernest Jones to sort of shore up the middle. He is healthier, certainly, than he's been um, over the last couple of weeks. Bit of a pitch count last time, but I definitely think it's a big opportunity for Ernest Jones. I think it's a huge opportunity for Jalen Ramsey as well. I think I wouldn't be surprised if he travels uh, a bit with with Jamar Chase, um, but the Rams, as we know, do play a lot of zone. So, um, you know, you're probably going to see a mix of, of those types of things, but still his presence in the flats and in the middle of the fields so that you can keep those safeties deep, I think will be important. But at the same time, um, you have a guy in, in Eric Weddle who seems to be quite effective uh, when playing in and around the box. Um, so I think that you get creative with him, you move him up and down or, or even put him as an extra linebacker, uh, quote unquote, if you, if you do, it, you know, you kind of saw that a little bit against Arizona, I think, if I'm remembering correctly, maybe, maybe it was Tampa. I'm trying to remember. Um, you guys correct me if I'm misremembering that, but um, yeah, I think that this is going to be a, uh, you know, 
definitely one of those sort of uh, shell over the back, that too high shell that we saw, um, you know, all throughout the year last year, and then saw obviously them them continue this year. And I think that that's that's important. You want to make sure you're containing those explosive pass plays. This is going to be a really heavy 11 personnel team that they're playing against. Uh, this defense was literally built to contain 11 personnel. So what they do in the middle of the field, that's where you have the opportunity now to get creative and to try to assert a little bit more. And I think Ernest Jones give you, gives you the opportunity to assert in that way. And I think moving Jalen, um, not just on Jamar, which, which you know I, I agree should happen on those effective snaps, um, but also keeping him around sort of that area to contain those perimeter places, I think will be really important too. And I, I hope I answered that question okay. Um, and yeah, you know, I'm, I'm curious too about Zach Taylor and kind of what he what he plans to do here. I mean, certainly we can talk about the Rams and and uh, you know what they what they want to do. I was you know that first half against Kansas City, I remember watching sitting here watching it and thinking like, my goodness, they're a little they're a little conservative here. It was almost like they were they were playing not to lose the game in the first half, and and it almost led them to losing the game. Um, so I am curious to see how how they come out, how they try to attack, how they use. Uh, some of those weapons that we were just talking about. I think they'll be a little bit more aggressive than they were uh, in that first half against the Chiefs, but uh, but we'll see. A very interesting matchup for for uh, all those uh, reasons. So um, before we go on, Matt A had the most important question of the day, which was, Rich, what color socks are we wearing? Uh, the answer is blue. The socks are blue in the modern uh, throwbacks. So uh, it'll look great. We can get into – Jordan will have to write a uh, – a, a, a look back, a, an oral history one day of how the Rams were able to wear those uh, throwbacks. I'm still a little bit curious about that, um, but uh, that's a story for another day. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And, uh, oh, my gosh, we still have so many questions here. Uh, David Z, Mr. David Z, go ahead if you can hear us. Might need to unmute if you're on there. Hi, do you hear me okay now? You're great. Oh, cool. I I hit the button too many times, I think. Um, Long-time Rams fan, I love your pod. You guys are amazing and uh, Appreciate you we so need much. to do this more often. Um, I feel good right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, paying all of these people to come yeah. on really, really yeah. worked out. Yeah, yeah you guys, checks yeah. are in the mail. I hope yeah. keep an eye out for that. <laughs> no, thank you very much. Uh, appreciate that. I'll, I'll leave my address in the chat. No, <laughs> no I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, um, I, uh, I, I'm curious, and I, I really enjoyed kind of like the story of the Rams creating their own chaos and. It's driven me nuts as a fan, um, thinking that wow, this team is really not, not really of the level that can that's going to be a Super Bowl type of team, and and it totally proved my doubts wrong, which I'm so happy about. Um, how do you guys, or do you see them creating their own chaos in this matchup? Because on paper, it seems like they have a lot of advantages, like their their defensive line against the Bengals' offensive line. Like in the trenches, it looks like it's a really good matchup for the Rams. Um, I don't want to get overconfident as a fan um, and have my heart ripped out, but <laughs> but I see like a lot of like things that look good for the Rams on you know in this matchup and and uh, I'm kind of curious, you know how how you guys see they might if they might create their own chaos um, in this game, how that might happen, and if they do, what they might do to kind of counter that and adjust. You know, will, will they adjust well enough and not be impatient and try and force it into the eight man coverages that I've been reading about? You know, will, it be, will they be able to run the ball and, and not throw it 10 times in a row like they do sometimes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, Jordan, I, I want you to, to chime in also, but I've heard a lot um, of, of, of what you're talking about there. Uh, David and I, I get it. I understand what you're saying because you know nobody wants to be the person who comes out and says, "Oh, the Rams are going to win this game." You know they have the clear advantages. But you know I, I think it's fair to look at those matchups the the way that you are and say, "Yeah, you know if if you played this game 
50 times, uh, the Rams would, would come out on top of a majority of those times. Now, the problem is they're not playing it 50 times. They're only playing it one time, and, and a lot can go wrong in, in one game. And, and like you said, that, that chaos can, uh, can pop up and, and get you as it has gotten the Rams sometimes uh, this season. So, um, you know, I, I think it, as, as long as I can stay on brand here, I, I think what you just mentioned is probably a good one uh, in terms of if they get off of that run pass balance and, and start uh, throwing the ball a little bit too much and, and, you know, maybe they get down early and they start to panic or they start to throw it around a little bit too much. I, I think that's one way that they can, uh, you know, get in their own way a little bit. Special teams to stay on another brand uh, is, is another area where you can give yourself a lot of problems. The Rams, I think, to their credit, have been better in that area in, in recent uh, weeks. You know, Matt Gay has obviously been very steady other than that weird short missed field goal in Tampa Bay, uh, but they've had good coverage. Uh, they've, they've had good punting. So, uh, you know, they've been able to, to clean some of that stuff up. That was a big problem. So, uh, those, those are two for me, Jordan. What, what else, what do you think could, could come up into, if they're not careful? I mean, I think David kind of nailed it. Like this is going to be a game about, that's about adjusting with a lot of mobility, like adjusting in a way that's assertive and not sort of second guessing those adjustments as you make them. And you kind of saw this, I think the Rams, I don't want to sound like callous by saying this, but I I think the Rams are fortunate that they watched what can happen last week uh, with the chiefs. They watched what could happen if you don't adjust uh, when the other team gets assertive, you know, that, that drop eight, uh, what the chiefs could have done and should have done was run the ball um, on early downs, pick efficient spots on, you know, third downs, maybe second and third downs to pass, to run those beater plays uh, that can that can kind of kill that drop eight and pull them back in, pull them back in closer to the line of scrimmage. And then Pat Mahomes could have crushed them with some of those explosive throws by getting Tyreek Hill behind the, the, the back half. And they didn't. They didn't adjust in that way. And I think that that this is a, was a warning flag almost because we've seen these games sometimes where you know, Sean McVay either doesn't adjust or adjust too late. And, and I would say week 18 is, is freshest in everybody's minds where there was too, it was too conservative much too early in the game when there was, uh, you know, so such high stakes and the other team was, was playing so physically. And I think this is going to be a game where, you know, the chaos will come. That drop eight, that is hard to throw the ball against. And I would expect the Bengals will at least try um, to play Matthew Stafford that, that way because he has not played well against that same type of coverage uh, through the season. That was, uh, what, Tennessee, Week 10, 49ers, and early in the season, Arizona all played that against Matthew, and, and he only completed like 35% of his passes. But you don't you don't have to let a team get to that point where they can play that coverage against you. You can assert early. I do think running the ball on early downs makes you assert early. A commenter, uh, I can't place the name, uh, sorry about that, but if you're in the, say so in the chat if you're here, a commenter made a great point in my, in my latest article that you can also beat those types of things with, with catch and runs, some of those things that they do very well, motions and, and lots of different types of things that you can do on short passes um, with, with yards after catch. Like you can make it so that a team can't bring that kind of chaos against you. And this is going to be a game where not only do the right adjustments have to be made, but quickly. And then also you need to close. You have to just 
keep pressing your foot down on the gas pedal until you know that this this team, which is on the other side, super resilient. And we've seen that the last couple of weeks, scrappy and resilient and believes in itself and is, is having a kind of a fairy tale story of its own um, this season. Uh, they, they will do everything they can to, to stay in the game. And then if they're out of it to get back in it. So um, I think the chaos will man- manifest itself, uh, you know, but I think there are ways out of it that the Rams can provide. Great question, David. Thank you guys. That was, that was awesome. Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah. I'm just hoping for the best and that uh, they can Stafford has a pretty clean game. I don't know if they can survive another four turnover type of game <laughs> since there hasn't been any others in history. <laughs> Where the teams well, don't put it so. in the universe, man. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Maybe I need to put the mail in the universe. Yes. Touchdown is a Cooper cup. <laughs> awesome. All right. Thank you, David. Appreciate it. Thank you guys. All right, I'm going to bring up, we've got John H. getting ready to come on stage. John H., can you hear us? Yeah, can yeah. you guys hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Thanks for joining. Great, great. Um, Jordan, let me just say again, I don't want to pile on the compliments, but I guess I oh, have no, to. Oh, no, do. <laughs> just constantly. Just like you're, you guys are fantastic. I listen to your podcast literally every week. It, I, I'm obsessed. Honestly, it's a problem. <laughs> um, but really, so in the middle of the year, I feel like a lot of people were like, "Is Stafford hurt? His arm doesn't look that good. I'm not really seeing like these deep balls." And then, like the Niners game, uh, the conference championship game, to be clear, I feel like that drop kick. It just as it was sailing, I'm like, oh no, please stop. So I was, I'm just thinking like, do you guys think he's healthy? Like, I know no one's healthy completely at this season, but are you concerned that it's going to be an issue against the Bengals, especially if they end up dropping a like, you know, eight into coverage, like you said, Jordan, I'm not really sure. I'm just a little concerned. <laughs> yeah. It's a great question, John. Cause I think when you are of Matthew's, uh, more advanced quarterbacking age. I think that you always wonder about those things, right? Like this is such a brutal sport. He's taken some hits. I don't actually worry about that. I don't think that that throw was the product of any sort of injury. Um, I was kind of laughing about this with a couple people the other day where it was like, you know, the guy just throws ducks sometimes. We don't mean it in a mean way, but like he just kind of does that sometimes. And that's just a part of the package. Um, and part of it too, you know, sometimes you wonder if it comes off the hand weird, if you're seeing something different that you thought you saw, but you didn't see, and then your, your sort of mind body connection doesn't, uh, doesn't quite make it to where you needed it to be. Um, I I just think that it's just going to happen sometimes. Um, some of those arm punts, uh, you know, while, while not ideal, uh, I just think that's just part of the package with him that you're going to get. But, um, you know, I, I'm sure that most, if not all players on, on both teams are, are not feeling great right about now. Um, but as far as Matthew, I mean, he's slinging it around in practice. Um, he's a full participant. He is, you know, he seems healthier certainly than he did about midway through the season um, when kind of all of that came out. So, um, you know, I, I wouldn't say that would be much of a factor this weekend or next. 
Oh, great. Yeah, I, I, I think you're uh, right there, Jordan. It's uh, you, you never know what's going on even during a game sometimes. I mean, a guy can, you know, get his elbow hit or something, and he's he's got dead arm for a few minutes or, or something like that and then comes out of it. But I think I think we've seen over the course of the playoffs that, that he can still make those throws. I mean, obviously, the, the throw to Cooper Cup at the end of the, the Buccaneers game uh, looked looked pretty good to me. Uh, when it was in the air and on the way, so I, I don't think there's any uh, you know deep sustained issues there. But but one never knows. Um, I, I think I think they're in good shape there. He's just so. he's just darkly chaotic, Matthew Stafford. You re- you really you know, should like, trademark he, that. I, I know. I saw someone's got a Twitter account that says that now. Yeah, I saw that the other day. I was like, oh, first of all, that's awesome, podcast listener. Second of all, I really should have copyrighted that. Yeah, absolutely. Could have had darkly chaotic T-shirts made. I mean, it could have been an entire thing. That's why we're not business people, right? Like we're just uh, we're just journalists. So I'm, I'm glad people I'm, are enjoying. Buy a darkly chaotic T-shirt, hundred <laughs> percent. There you go. Merch store. I'm I'm first. I'm one of one. Hundred. If I'm one of one, oh well. I I will spend a hundred dollars on that. Oh, there you go. There's our there's our new side business, Jordan. We're in, we'll we'll just safe. we'll just do it in exchange for uh, the very kind words. So instead. Instead of your check, you'll get it. Yeah, well, you know, oh, I'll take the t-shirt 100%. <laughs> I mean, I joked in the comment in the chat section, but I was like, well, Jordan, we got a great discount when we signed up with 11 personnel. So that was our check. Oh, I love that. Podcast listener. There you go. I love it. Thanks, John. Really appreciate it, man. <laughs> All right. Take care. All right. Let's, uh, still so many questions here. Let's keep them rolling. Go to Bob L. Hello, Bob. Can you hear us? Hey, guys. What's up, hey, Bob? Bob? Well, first, um, I just wanted to say about the all-time great Rams games, the 1970-80 season. Um, there was a great NFC Championship game, 9-0, to zero, but the game before that was the most more exciting game, the last-minute uh, win over the, in Dallas, and it was uh, Vince Ferragamo to Billy Waddy, who actually passed away this week. So. I just wanted to uh, to bring bring that up, and uh, what a great game that was, and it's great that the Rams are back in uh, the L.A. area playing the Super Bowl. Yeah, it really is, and then that's you know that's what it is, Bob. It's 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 that lost time. I mean, you, th- you think about 1994 to to 2016, and you know even if you were following the Rams, I know a lot of people out there. Even when they went to St. Louis, you know you still uh, still followed them, and obviously there, there, there was the bring back the L.A. Rams group that that never gave up the the hope and and eventually succeeded. Uh, but it's different. It's different when they're here. It's different when you can go to those games and experience them and talk about them at work talk about them with your friends and family and you know just a huge loss that was for uh, you know a couple generations of, of people who didn't grow up with that and and I do think it's not an excuse uh, but I, I do think that takes a little bit of time to to rebuild and and I think the Rams are on that way on their way to that uh, but it, it's it's going to take some time and and this year I think is is going to be a big part of that so uh, I totally agree with you Bob and did, did you have a question or did you, did yeah, you just share that yeah and I just wanted to note that I stayed with them in St. Louis but never bought anything with St. Louis on it so just throw, <laughs> that, just throw that out there but my, my question, and I kind of brought this thing, same thing up last week on, on the chat Jordan did, um, was uh, the green dot. I, I think if we took a poll that uh, everybody would agree that we don't want to see Troy Reader on the field for three downs. Is there any chance, you know, we've got extra time here to, to plan a little bit? Do you think the Rams might make some uh, 
maybe give that dot back to Jalen Ramsey? You know, I don't think it will be Jalen just because um, they're going to keep him as coverage versatile as they possibly can. Like, this is something he absolutely could do. And uh, I would be, I would need that recording, by the way, because that would probably be one of the most awesome things you'll ever hear. Um, but they, they just want to keep him really coverage versatile. So um, a lot of times the, the dot player has to come into the middle of the field and then return to their position if they're an outside player. So you saw Jordan Fuller even coming down from depth to communicate calls and things like that um, earlier this year when he, had the, when he had the dot. So I think, and I also think it's Raheem Morris's preference that um, an inside linebacker has it. Now, that being said, um, I think I, I can't say anything definitively because we've only seen one open practice so far this week, but this is a, a, it's a enough time, I think, between Ernest Jones having to be on a pitch count and a much healthier Ernest Jones. There's enough time, I think, between games to really seriously consider, uh, you know, having Ernest maybe wear that, especially if you're going against this. This is the type of team, and you saw this kind of Ernest effect against the Cardinals. This is the type of team where you need to have a linebacker like Ernest Jones who can move, is so explosive, gets his hands in throwing lanes, um, and is very coverage versatile himself, uh, but just obviously in a different way than a DB is, um, and, can, and can work horizontally and, and work the flats really well, that's you really want him to play as many snaps as you can. Against you know, the 49ers, the, the, this last time where it was very clear the onus was 1,000% on stopping the run and filling gaps uh, in a way that they had not really schemed this year by you know dropping a safety and, and all of that um that you know that that for sure you can you can maybe afford to have Ernest on a more of a pitch count as he continues to get healthier but with a game like this with with the receivers they have with the you know catch and run players they have um I would not be surprised if you start if you saw more ways to keep Ernest on the field for more time if that also translates into the green dot I think the only thing keeping them from that is his health and whether he's able to be on the field um, for that amount of snaps, if that makes sense. Well, the, um, the other question is, is I think um, Reader played something like 86% of the plays. So on those 14% of the plays, what, what do the Rams do mm -hmm. in, in, in those uh, scenarios? Yeah, so sometimes it'll be like Eric Weddle will be the guy there. Um, you know, Nick Scott can, can get everyone lined up. And, uh, you know, sometimes you, you do, it is Jalen who's, who's getting guys lined up, but at that point you're, you're looking at hand signals, things like that, instead of necessarily like, uh, m microphone communication. Well, hopefully Ernest is, uh, is healthy enough to play a ton of snaps this week. Ernest goes to the Super Bowl. Oh, <laughs> oh you knew that one was coming, Rich. Yeah, somebody's written that headline somewhere, I'm sure. Probably his hometown newspaper or something, but... Awesome. Bob, thank you so much for your question. All right. All right. Thanks again for uh, for doing this, guys. Really appreciate it. Thank right. you. I'm going to bring Derek A. on stage. Okay, next in line. Is this the Derek A? All right. Derek. Uh-oh. Are you, are you muted, Derek? There we go. There we go. There was a little ad that popped up or something that popped no, up. No, no ad. This is the athletic. <laughs> <laughs> not, not an ad, something. 
Sorry, uh, listen, a long time listener, first time caller. So um, great to see you. Know, we you need guys. a sound effect there or something. <laughs> Uh, a, um, thank you guys for that shout out a couple weeks back. It's um, me, Derek. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the one. Uh, I am very starstruck in speaking to both of you. Um, so forgive me if my voice is quivering a little. Um, but I'll get right to the question. Um, I have always been curious about the job, uh, something that would be a dream job for me. And I'd like to ask a question about you. Um, Jordan, what is it like uh, specifically from the perspective of a beat writer um, with all the responsibilities and deadlines. Uh, coming from a beat of an, we'll just call it an, an okay team, to covering your first postseason during COVID, and now to covering your first Super Bowl. Um, and Rich, if you'd like to chime in, what's it like covering this team as an ex-beat writer? Go for it. Oh, that's a great question. Um, and again, like this would be hours and hours and also probably to a therapist. And thank you also to those in the chat who did say you did laugh <laughs> at my last joke. <laughs> you saved me from lots of, uh, lots of pain. Appreciate it. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy. First of all, it is the, it's the coolest freaking thing, right? Like Andrew Whitworth said it really, really well. The other day we were on the phone with him and, uh, and he was saying how everything now is a get to, it's not a have to. And that's just one of the great Whitworthisms that you that you see, you know, every time he talks, basically. Um, and that's so true. I mean, have I eaten a full meal in the last six? It's so cool, right? To be on the ground and feeling all of it, feeling the moments as they happen and covering what I love about being a beat writer is covering change over time and, and how people change over time in small ways and in large ways how teams change and ecosystems evolve and change over time. Um, nothing stays the same. And if it does, it doesn't last for very long in this league. And I think that that is part of the great challenge and the beautiful challenge of also being a beat writer is you, you also can't stay the same. You also have to continue to wrap yourself around all of those moments and feel them fully with empathy and uh, energy and with as much uh, understanding and, and, um, and intrigue and an effort to actually fully know what's happening at all times. And, and so to do it into the playoffs, to do it on zoom and, and through a pandemic, the last couple of years has been hard because the human connection is, is really one of the great parts of this job. But, but I will say that players and coaches have, have gone out of their way. I think, in my opinion, um, understanding the way that I do like to do my job and try to find more and dig deeper, um, they have been really receptive to that. So um, it's very, very hard. It was a big challenge, but but one also that when we do go back to having everything in person, we did get a lot of in-person stuff during the year this year, but everything's obviously shut down again. But um, when we do go back to that, then I think it will be, I'll be that much more grateful for it, right? Like it'll, it'll just feel that much sweeter. And then um, with all of that, that I just said, now it amplifies times like six, 7,000 per day. And you're up to a hundred thousand by the end of one week. And then you're going to be at 200,000 by the end of the next week. And um, I'm just, I, I'm trying to remind myself, I got a great comment um, from, I think, uh, uh, Frederick C. I think I see him in here. Frederick uh, left me a great comment in my last story to remind myself to also enjoy. I certainly am. I mean, I wake up every day and I, it's a get to and not a have to. Um, and I just think that this amplifies it times 200,000. Um, the challenges are going to be what they are always. They, they're going to come. It's not easy to 
it's not easy to churn out uh, thousands and thousands of words uh, out of my brain that sometimes just wants to be wrung out like a sponge in a sink. Um, but it it just it's a get to, not a have to. That's the that's the only. Yeah, what a, what a cool phrase there. That's it's so very true. And and you know I think a lot of people understand this, but sometimes it gets lost in in terms of you know what we do specifically, what you do now, Jordan. Um, it's it's not about being a fan of a team or a fan of a person, but these are the moments that you dream about covering. Uh, it's it's no fun. I covered the 2016 Rams. Did I enjoy my job? Yeah, I enjoyed my job. Was it? A lot of fun to do that every day? No, not really. It wasn't wasn't a lot of fun to, to cover a terrible team like that, a four-win team. Uh, that's not why anybody gets into this industry uh, to cover an, an awful team. But w- when you get to ride something like this and enjoy the experience, yes, it is a lot of work, uh, but it's so much fun. And it is exactly what you dream about doing. And, and for all the work, sometimes you have to remind yourself, like, I'm actually getting paid uh, to do this. Um, so it's... Wait. it's Wait, you're getting paid? Oh, can we edit that out? I, I'm sorry. I forgot, <laughs> forgot about that. Um, yeah, uh, it's it, it really is a dream. I mean, people, I, some people may know I used to cover the Kings a while ago. Uh, there was the, the year that they won the championship. I went back and looked at it. I worked every single day from December 26th until I think June 18th or something like that. Um, you don't think about it at the time. Sometimes you do. Uh, but when you look back on it, uh, the, the two things you think of were, my goodness, that's a lot of time. And my goodness, that was a lot of fun. And and that's how I remember that. Um, to answer your question about you know, not doing this anymore, I, I still try to keep the same mindset. I am one of these old school people who actually used to keep uh, kind of play by play of what's going on. I still do that as I sit here usually on my couch and, and, and watch uh, just to keep myself in the game, just to make notes. <laughs> and bother Jordan on Slack or text when she's trying to, to write her pile. Um, but uh, it, it keeps me in it. I, I get all the fun out of it. I get to do a great podcast with Jordan and have a lot of fun. And I don't have the uh, the stress of having to bang out uh, a couple thousand words right after the game. So I'm, I have it uh, very. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So, all right. So we're going to have to add get to not have to to. Um, chunky heels and tighten up the tart now? Yes, have to, not get to. Or wait, there we go. nope, I got it wrong. Get, get to, to, not, not have have to. And yes, I, I have seen and appreciated every, all of the many uh, t- tighten up the tart, T-A-R-T-T puns that I have received. Don't think I don't see you guys out there. I see you. <laughs> all right, well, thank you. Thank you both for your time. Listen, I'm going to be out in L.A. Uh, I am not going to the game. But I will be out in L.A., so if you see some random guy yelling at you, it, it might be me. That's just a Wednesday, That's, so make sure yeah, you specify. Yeah, I know. Yeah, make sure, Lots of random sure people yell specify. at us. you specify. It's Derek. It's Derek. <laughs> Understood. Understood. Thanks. It'll Thanks. be friendly yelling. Thank yeah, you, Derek. That'll be the difference. We, we yeah. really Thanks. appreciate you, Derek. Thank you. Thank you, Derek. All right, Rich. Okay. All right. Craig M., whenever you can hear us, go ahead. Can you hear us? Well, maybe we're having technical problems. It's also kind of our fault. There's been a lot of people in the queue, and yeah, I, yeah. as you guys know, I tend to ramble. I'm sorry about that. But, no, no, no. Good stuff. Yeah. Maybe we can pause that one and 
go to Oscar H. Looks like Oscar is next. So can you hear us, Oscar? Hello. Oscar, you there? Hi. Um, I'm from Puerto Rico. Big fan of the podcast. Awesome. And the stories, and the stories from Jordan, too. Uh, my question is uh, regarding the draft. I'm a, I'm a big junkie draft. And this uh, last year's draft, uh, I think uh, it, it was uh, less than impressive. Uh, maybe Skoronek and Ernest Jones uh, have done great this year. I would like to know um, how the Rams will approach this year's draft uh, because last year uh, the need was uh, the the offensive line and they uh, drafted uh, running backs and wide receivers and that that part was neglected and. I would like to see um, them uh, drafting uh, needy parts. Uh, I would like to hear uh, your take on that. Awesome. Yeah, great question, Oscar. Um, yeah, th and th they're going to obviously need to maximize their pick points, too. I, I expect them to trade back, as, as we are now used to seeing, uh, to gather more picks, and they have a couple comp picks coming as well. Um, so those third, fourth, fifth, sixth rounders are, are going to be really, really important yet again. Um, I would say, you know, I, I also was, I think, as surprised as most um, about the the Tutu Atwell pick. I did not think uh, that was a, a a need anytime in like the next couple of years uh, for the Rams in terms of a receiver with that skill set, considering, um, you know, some of the things that they ended up doing um, with their offense, some of the guys who do run those deep concepts. Um, but I also can see him as a, a sweep in motion player if he does, you know, return to full health and, and can uh, work to sort of get back into things and contribute. And um, it, so I, you know, kind of wait and see on that regard. And then a couple of guys I do feel bad for because they did get hurt. And I think they, you're, you were starting to see flashes of, guys like Jacob Harris and, um, you know, a couple of those UDFA or late round running backs. And, and you were starting to see that they could contribute, but a lot of guys traits, uh, explosive traits, particularly in the fourth, uh, the fourth round, um, Robert Rochelle has a lot of potential, had a rough year, but has a lot of potential. And Jacob Harris and Bobby Brown, I think are, are guys that do have a lot of potential. Ben Skoranek's getting some time, uh, sometimes for better, for worse. And, you know, he's going to want that playback last week, but, um, you know, he's, he's trying to, to do his diligence on special teams as well. So that's, that's value. Um, you know, I think you're, when you look at the way that their offensive line ended up, they really, I don't want to say they got lucky because it was, there's so much calculation in this, but, You also would have liked to see some longer term guys into that room who they're developing outside of uh, some of these, you know, third and fourth, third year players going into their contract. They're going to maybe, maybe lose some guys depending on who they decide to pay, who they don't pay. You'd like to know what the long term plan is at center, for example. Um, Brian Allen's played great this year, but you also 
you know, do you pay him? Uh, do you, you know, with the injury history, do you, do you look elsewhere in that regard? And so I think that was a bit of a missed opportunity uh, there, or the, at least with their early round pick. And then I also think, um, you know, they also found and usually do find really solid undrafted free agents. And I'm thinking specifically of Alaric Jackson, um, who actually played a full game, almost a full game for them at left tackle. And you, you heard amazing things about how he did. He, he stood up really well as a guy who they do develop, want to develop there. But I'd like to see them bring in more edge rush help, young guys who they develop. Um, you know, they're really good at finding those veteran players um, that they can kind of get the, the best out of. But at the same time, I would like to see them actually develop and play young edge rushers. They're starting to try to do that with Chris Garrett, who's in a development, sort of a red shirt year. Um, and then, and then I think that on the offensive line, those kind of remain my two, my two positions for them where I think, uh, and then I do think they're going to have to look at corner as well. Cause Darius Williams being in a contract here, you don't really know what's going to happen next. So, uh, I'm, I'm rambling again, but those are just some, some initial thoughts that kind of, yeah. The only other thing maybe I would add to that, Jordan, is I, I think the Rams have kind of lulled us into, um, thinking that, you know, third and fourth round guys are, are day one contributors because they've been able to do that with some guys like Cooper Cup and John Johnson, Jordan Fuller, even in the sixth round. But I, I don't think that's usually the norm. And, you know, you, you look at it and I, I question the Tutu Atwell pick also. And I, I don't think that's backseat driving because I think a lot of people questioned it at the time. But um, but if you take that out, the Rams didn't make their initial pick until I believe 101 or, or maybe 103 with Ernest Jones. Uh, so you're getting pretty deep into the draft at this point when, when you're making your first pick. And, and that first pick, Ernest Jones, uh, you know, did play. Play, uh, is playing a, a role this year. So I, I think maybe a little bit more patience with, with some of those guys when you're talking about expecting them to contribute um, in year one. You, you do need to hit on those guys, especially with the way the Rams conduct themselves uh, in the draft and, and you know needing to hit on those mid-round or even late-round or even UDFA, as Jordan was saying. But I, I'd, give that, I'd give these guys a little bit more time to marinate before I, before I pass judgment on this class. But I certainly agree that uh, it's very important, and, and what they do this off season is is going to be uh, very important too. So thanks, thanks for the question, Oscar. We appreciate it. Thanks a lot, guys. Keep up the good work. Thanks much. All right. So so we're gonna probably go uh, for about fifteen more minutes. I think all of us. I think Rich and I could probably talk to you guys all night. I've got unfortunately, I've got to write. <laughs> well, fortunately, because it's a get to, not That's a have right. to, right? So I, I got to right. write tonight, but. Um, so we're going to go through, we are going to try to get to all eight of these questions that are still left. So we're going to try to go maybe a little quicker. This also means that I need Rich to scream at me if I start rambling. Lightning <laughs> round. So lightning. This is lightning round. So this is, this is the task at hand now. So we're going to have Patrick T come on up stage. Hey, Patrick. Well, we didn't mean don't ask yeah, questions. That was, but that was like... an easy one. Yeah, that was easy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Patrick, get back in line if you uh, if you do end up getting back uh, into things and you do want to ask your question. But for now, we're going to go to Lee D. Lee D. Hi, Lee. Uh-oh. We're being pranked. 
Lee, can you hear us? Okay. Oh, I think Patrick came back in line, so I'm going to grab Patrick again. All right. Hear me. Yep, we got you. Thank you so oh, much for hanging in there with us. I am such a huge fan of uh, of you and and Rich Jordan. Uh, I uh, I just cannot. I know it's uh, been said a lot, but it, it can't be uh, undersold. You guys are just the greatest. Um, uh, I've uh, I've got a couple of questions. Uh, <clears throat> Sean McVeigh, I as much as I love him, he's got this habit, and I, I wanted to get you guys' opinion on this. Uh, I mean, I lived through the Lanaham Spagnoli years, and uh, so I, I really do appreciate Sean McVeigh a lot. But he has this habit of calling these certain plays over the years that he like runs into the ground and then abandons them years later. Uh, the jet sweep, uh, the uh, wide receiver um, screens. Uh, the one now that I can't stand is the uh, putting Cooper in the backfield and running him out from the flat, which it seems like after a while, everybody knows what's coming. And it would be great if he brought back maybe some of the older stuff that he used to do to kind of mix it up, like the rollouts that he they actually started doing. But he seems to get in this pattern and is he aware of that or am I the only one noticing that? Uh, what are you guys' thoughts on that? Jordan? Oh, sorry. I, I was <laughs> trying to not cut you off there, Rich. Um, oh, no, that's fine. Yeah, I, I can start. I mean, I, I guess I would just start by saying, I, you know, I, I can, I think you should probably speak to um, what we're talking about here in terms of the play calling. But, but just in general, it, it, I, I understand what you're saying there. And, and I do think that they, certain things like the, the jet sweeps, it was either, you're right, it's kind of a feast or famine. They were, they were doing those ghost motions for so long and, <laughs> you know, either handing it off or, you know, they were effective in terms of opening things up in the run game sometimes. And then you're right, they just kind of uh, went away and you see them pop up again every so often. You've seen them pop up a couple times in the in the playoffs, and and they've worked. So yeah, I, I think it's maybe a little bit of a natural thing in terms of uh, you, you know if you do something and you know teams are going to start scheming against it, so you go away from it and try something else. But you're right, I, I think you should always keep it in your pocket. The the one thing I would say about the Rams is, and and maybe this is a little counter uh, intuitive to what we're talking about here, is is I know what a value what value they place on self scouting and in looking uh, at what they do and looking at the film and almost critiquing themselves um, it was one reason why a couple of years ago I, I actually wrote a column that said that they needed to hire an offensive coordinator because I, I thought that was becoming a little bit of a problem point and and that they probably needed somebody there to, to help Sean McVay um, so it, it's hard to say it's a, it's a really good question and Jordan I, I do want to get your your thoughts on it uh, but it, it's really hard to say unless you're sitting in that room and and you know what that communication is like among your coaches because I think that's really where it starts it's it's somebody in the room being able to step up and say hey you know what we're we're, we're getting away from this or we should come back to this or we you know we're getting too predictable with this I mean those those are the things you need to recognize your about yourselves before somebody else recognizes them so that's tough to say but I I don't know Jordan what do you what do you think about yeah I think um like I was 
told early in the early before, I mean, even in the spring that they were going to try to spread things out a lot more. Um, and in that regard, sometimes emotions, if you're spread in that way, um, sometimes emotions getting from your one point uh, to the next point, sometimes they just take too long to develop and um, you, you still really like to see it because then you can uh, do this, some of the stuff pre-snap and even post-snap um, at snap motions. Sean McVay uh, really used a lot of those, I think, prior to this year. You see them, you, you do see them still, um, but I think they're using just a lot of different things. Um, and I, I, when I was talking to one of the coaches about their, the way that they were going to try to spread the field out, it was basically like one of the benefits to that is getting defenses to totally declare what they're going to do um, because that you have to account for all eligibles. Now that doesn't mean in my opinion that you go away completely for the play action and you've seen them bring that back, but, but it's, it's finding that balance of what's the right blend to use. You know, a couple of years ago, all they could do was run play action. And, and in 18, that was super effective, but teams figured that out. And that's actually, Part of the reason why, uh, as Tom C knows, because uh, he referenced the the Hawk article, um, that's part of the reason why this Fangio Staley system became so popular because it sort of counters the cheat code that play action is um, in in many ways. So I think they're just honestly, to me, what this year has looked like is still trying to figure out some of the balance of of what they want to do, what works versus what doesn't work, and how how those concepts are are blended and how they continue to evolve. Now, I would like to see, uh, you know, I, I, I think at snap motions in particular are extremely effective and gets the defense to declare in other ways as well. Um, I agree. Some of those long developing sweeps, uh, perhaps not, perhaps you'd rather, and speaking of Tutu Atwell, perhaps you'd rather see Tutu Atwell <laughs> running in those. Um, so again, I'm, uh, I'm getting too long winded here, but, um, but yeah, I, I think it's, it's, this offense has so many talented people on it, but they they did overhaul quite a bit of it. Um, so I think a lot of it is is figuring out sort of the blend of uh, and most efficient way to use those things. And I do think, as Rich said, a lot of that comes with who is who is arguing in the room, who is agreeing in the room, and then how are those conversations happening? Thanks for the question. All right, we got a couple more minutes here. So do you want to? Yeah, let's, yeah, let's, let's do you want to play roulette and see who we who we pick? Yes, yeah, I'm yeah. gonna bring up all right, I'm gonna bring up Brian B. Brian, can you hear us? Just be sure to unmute. Going once, going twice. Nope, nope, I'm oh, here, guys. How, we got how you doing? I just had to figure it. Just had to figure it out. Listen, I, I speak to you guys frequently on Twitter, or not frequently, but I speak to you guys. I'm Speed Kills on Twitter. Oh, you're and so nice. Yeah, so thanks. It's good to talk to both of you, man. You both are awesome. Um, I just want to say, um, you know, a couple of things, three things, and I'll try to go quickly here. One, <clears throat> just to echo, like, in terms of big games, that game was huge for the Rams, just huge. I mean, just in terms of their legacy, you know, Jordan Rich always being sort of this B-level team that, you know, gets to a lot of championship games. I mean, how many people know that there are only two other teams that have ever reached more 
than 11 NFC championship games, which is the Rams, right? How many people know that? Well, you don't know it because they haven't always finished. And even though they've been in 11 NFC championship games, they haven't won a lot of them, right? And then how many people know that this is the Rams' fifth Super Bowl appearance? Fifth is five Super Bowls is pretty good. But guess what? They've only won one. And then so for them to win that game on Sunday against the Niners, who had beaten them six straight times, against the Niners, who legacy-wise has always been a step ahead of the Rams. Huge game. Huge. I was so proud of the team for coming back like that and winning that game and having it be Matt Stafford that brought them back and to see the defense close that game out, man. That was a huge signature win for this team and for this new era in LA. And I I was just so happy for that. The other thing I was going to say is that there were a couple other things I was going to say. One of the things that stood out to me and Jordan, you uh, liked a comment that I had made on Twitter about Kendall Blanton. I was blown away by Kendall Blanton when I watched this game. I could not believe how well he was blocking. I'm not talking about the passes, guys, which stood out, obviously, that he caught. But but Jordan, the the blocking. Oh, man, uh, there was some soul-stealing blocking going on out there, dude. Oh, my goodness. I highly recommend any Rams fan that has access to Game Rewind to look at this game and isolate on Kendall Blanton because I was stunned how many times he put Bosa on his butt. I was stunned anytime the Rams had a chunk of run play, and they had a few in this game. It was because of Blanton. He was taking people out. And then, of course, he had the big run plays. Those were awesome. And then the last thing I want to say, because I want to give other people a chance, you know, McVay has had a ton of success, but sometimes, just like the previous caller said, he can get in these ruts. And it was so critical in this game that he adjusted because in that 49ers game, week 18 game, you know, he he kept those empty backfields and he was doing the seven-step drop. And listen, the Rams are having trouble blocking four-man rush by the 49ers. A lot of teams do. So you have to do quick passes. And so in this game, even though he still did the empty backfield, he mixed in a lot of quick passes. And it was the difference in the way that that um, Stafford performed. That's why his, his performance was uh, much more elevated uh, in this game than in the Week 18 game. Although in the Week 18 game, he was clutch too. He got them that 24-17 lead. They should have never lost that game. Of course, in this game, the defense closed it out. They didn't do it in Week 18. Guys, thanks a lot for taking a call. Really appreciate it. Brian, you should take over our podcast. (laughs) I'll come come on anytime. (laughs) Anytime you guys want me to. Hey, dude, we really, really appreciate all of those thoughts. Uh, Thank you for the kind words and for being a a great voice on Twitter as well. Um, I I definitely recognize you from Twitter and, and appreciate your commentary there as well. Um, I think guys, and thanks again. And, uh, and, and I agree with you too. I think, uh, this game on Sunday, I think it's hard to process for a lot of fans because there's so much to look ahead to, but when we go back and look at what a statement this game was, uh, last week, um, I think that it was just really, really impressive and outstanding. So we're, we're going to take, we've got time. We're getting sort of pulled off here, but we got one more, one more question. I'm going to pull up, um, Todd G for one more question. Okay. Todd, you got us? Can you hear me? Yep, we got you, Todd. Oh, I'm going to go back to the draft again. I, I'm sorry I missed most of your show so far, so I don't know what you've covered. But uh, 
I, I've got a feeling they may take a running back with early picks this year. They're, you know, uh, Akers injured most of the year, but he, uh, he he's, he's looking like he's dinged up again already. And I'm not sure how healthy Michelle's going to be for a whole year either. Yeah, Todd, I agree with you, actually. I think they will take a running back, uh, whether it's in the draft or undrafted free agent class, as they call their college free agent class. Um, usually they kind of go back to back on some of these picks. Um, and I, and I think that, that this is a case where, you know, it's not his fault, of course, but you just don't know whether Daryl's going to have a, a healthy season, um, and put together, you know, 16, now 17 games. And you also really want like Sean McFay has been frothing at the mouth to get some two back sets going and you still haven't really seen that, but he wants to blend, add some nuance with in, into their backfield similar to how you've seen the 49ers do a bunch of different things with with multiple players lined up uh, next to the quarterback back there and all the things that can come out of that, not just with players who can be utilized in the pass game, um, but also with just straight up your run game. So I, I would I would actually agree with you on that. I think that that would be a position that they're interested in um, in adding to. Uh, don't, I still don't know, obviously, what happens with Sony after this year. He's been a great add to this team. Um, but he could be looking, you know, for, for a little more money elsewhere, which would be fair considering the workload he, he carried, uh, in the middle part of the season for the Rams. Um, but if it's, if it's, if he wants to stay, then I think they would probably be happy to have him as well, um, on something friendly, but, you know, I still think you look in the draft in that, at that position, um, because, you know, again, part of the model for the Rams is they're going to try to get players who will play on, on, uh, you know, their first contracts as cheaply as possible and also be contributors and that's definitely a position where they're looking at in that regard. Great question, Todd. Yeah, Thank we, you. Had, we had Todd G coming in with a running back question. I know, Todd question. G I was, asked about I was a starting back. to wonder for a second, but I, I, I think I would have recognized the voice if it was yeah. uh, somebody else. But uh, yeah, uh, thanks. Thanks very much, Todd. Well, this was a lot of fun, Jordan. And This is uh, my new favorite thing in the world. Wow. That's it, it, it really look, you know, kudos to all of our friends at the athletic who were setting these things up and, uh, you know, f- follow along. I, I know this won't be the last one we do. Uh, I know we'll be doing them with a lot of teams and this, this will be available in, in podcast form too, for, uh, for folks to check out later. I know the last caller said he missed the first part. So you'll be able to go back and listen, uh, if you'd like. And of course we will have our 11 personnel podcast among all the other things that Jordan is doing over the next nine days she will uh be uh playing a huge part in our our next podcast which will be out early next week and we'll dive into some of these matchups with the rams and the Bengals in, in what should be a really exciting game jordan i can't wait and yeah and next time great suggestion by the way i think i just saw it in the chat we will do breathing exercises <laughs> next time <laughs> it will be close to the super bowl the next time we run one of these i think uh, so we will we will get you guys going in the right way in that regard. Um, you guys, please take care of each other out there. Please take care of yourselves. Uh, remember, it's a get to, not a have to. And we'll catch you next time.